Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Hi again, welcome to another part of the Afra series, Dr. Afra series, where she talks about her journey and she becomes uh, vulnerable on this show. And on this particular part, um, she discusses more about her career in bioinformatics and also the work-life balance that comes with it. So, Afra... Yeah. Did I? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. So, what are the? I I I know we've mentioned a bit of the highs and lows, maybe mm-hmm. a bit here and there of what you've experienced throughout your journey. Um. Mm-hmm. But before we go to that, uh, before we go to you uh, telling us more about that, maybe you could tell someone who doesn't know what. What bioinformatics is just um, what you, like for you? What your career? What you do? You do how do you apply your skills? How are they helpful for someone who's not in science? Such like things. Just give a brief of what you're currently doing or what you did before, or maybe you know give explanations of your previous research or your current research if you want to, and just just enlighten us. Oh, okay. language. <laughs> And I hear it completely. Okay. So um, with bioinformatics, it's more about leveraging the power of, uh, especially the current, uh, the computing power. Now we have, as we, uh, we're witnessing the fourth industrial, fourth industrial revolution. And this revolution entails advances in many, uh, like computing power and machine learning. And why not combine it um, with biology so we can use this um, uh, power or resources that we have to address biological problems or knowledge gap in biology. So in that way, you need to develop your skills, a little bit of programming skills and um, statistical skills as well. So you can apply them to address these problems, um, either for genomics, especially if you want, uh, you know, I'm sure people know about sequencing of the genomes, you identify variants, mutations, and um, link them to certain traits, diseases, that's one part of it. So it's more of analysis of the genomes. And I really hope that one day we achieve that level uh, where we can have more resources to analyze more personal personal genomes, uh, or which I can call the uh, personalized medicine. So we can, we can actually tailor a, a drug or a treatment or a lifestyle or a diet just for you based on your genes, mm. right? And we can do that. We have the resources. Uh, maybe we just need to build the skills and train people on those um, 
tools and software. So that's the genomic part of it. The other part, which is started only growing significantly after COVID, which uh, the 3D structure or the structure of bioinformatics, um, because people were on the hunt for uh, a drug or a vaccine. So using those computers, or they call it computer-aided drug discovery, it accelerates the process of discovering a new drug. So you simulate biological events, uh, using uh, algorithms or computer algorithms that simulate these events. You, you introduce a drug, you see the effects of this drug on the 3D structure of the enzyme. Um, sometimes you can introduce mutation into the 3D structure and see how it binds to the drug. And in that way, you can actually identify or accelerate the process of identifying uh, potential drugs and also drug targets. So that's one part of it. Um, but recently, um, look, I believe that to be um, an outstanding scientist, uh, you must have like skills, combined skills. Don't be uh, focused on one area. Um, you must be able to expand, especially if you're a bioinformatician. You must combine your skills with wet lab skills. And that's what I've realized recently. After completing my PhD, I felt like I've developed uh, and gained enough skills uh, in bioinformatics and computational biology. Let me actually explore wet lab. And I was passionate about working in, COVID, um, in a COVID project. And I think I got very lucky. And as I said earlier, what I need is an opportunity. And... Uh, I was given this opportunity by uh, someone who believed in me um, or saw something because sometimes you ask yourself, why did they choose me? <laughs> I, I'm a computer scientist, I mean like a bioinformatician. Why would they choose me to work in the wet lab? No, you see. But they see the way you conduct your research, the way you, you, you talk about your research. They can see the passion. And sometimes they just want to give you that opportunity to shine. And I would like you to remind me uh, later about supervision, um, supervisors, actually. Um, um, supervision, like a supervisor at the PhD level or, or master's level. Because, yeah. So the current supervisor is giving me an opportunity to work in a COVID project, um, um, like a cutting-edge research. And I felt like I'm being transformed, you know. And what we do now, it's more of... Um, we deal with the active virus now. We infect human cells, um, like the tissue culture, uh, tissue culture, cell cultures. We infect those cells with the live virus. Uh, we do titration assays, neutralization assays to see how uh, the humans actually neutralize these virus or the this the variant, the Omicron or the Delta. And yeah, we deal with samples that are positive, and you know we we do these um, assays. And then I'm still doing it that day still, not at the analysis stage, but I'm very excited about the work I do now. Yeah. How is it, I'm excited mm -hmm. to hear that, that how is it moving from dry lab, <laughs> lab and especially <laughs> I used to have sleepless nights, you know. <laughs> When I first arrived here, I was like, what did I get myself into? Do you think I'm able? I was so scared. Even when you hold the pipettes, you know, you, uh, the, 
computer scientist, you hold your keyboard and you just, I mean, the mathematician, your keyboard is your area. You just start typing and typing without even realizing that you are doing what you're doing. But now, once you are giving that pipette, you have to hold it in that way. Though I did biotechnology, I know how to hold it. But I felt a bit overwhelmed because I was out of practice, you know. And also, we work in biosafety lab uh, level three. So you have to wear... The first, the first time I entered that room, <laughs> I was like, like I know this doesn't sound professional, but the amount of happiness, there, and excitement, and to be wearing that suit and with the pipe and the air pumping in, and it was thrilling. Like I enjoyed it so much. I was like, I'm finally doing something, like, <laughs> and yeah. And two gloves with your hands, yeah. and, you know, and the two gloves, and you must tape it, and you wear, uh, you cover your shoes as well. Um, it was an experience, and I'm still yet to enter that lab many times and work independently. So maybe the first time I was being naive and excited and happy and wanted to take photos. I know I'm still a human attendant, <laughs> and send it to my mom, and my mom would scream like danger. <laughs> And then after that, uh, I have to help myself and maybe conduct the research independently uh, because I'm still under the training period. And that's what I said about supervision or supervisors. Um, my current supervisor gave me an opportunity, you know, to dive into a new field. He knew that I don't have the skills, but he knew if I had the opportunity, I would maximize it. I would use it, you know. And some supervisors, they just look for publications, you know. We don't have the skills. No, I don't have time to waste. I need to publish. They don't think of capacity building. You know, they don't see what's in you as a researcher or a scientist. And we we kind of reach like a bottleneck problem when you reach the top, but you're not growing any further because the big guys are not giving us that opportunity to thrive. They they just want the grants, the publication, but what about capacity building? You know. So. Um, for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Though sometimes I touch on my, I don't want to forget my coding skills, so sometimes I just sneak out of the lab quickly and retouch on my coding skills. <laughs> yes. I also, I've noted like your your life has been, you know, weaved in in a beautiful way, like. You 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 were good in chemistry. Then you did something that was like, let's see how you thrive for one year. But it was something like the computer thing has helped helped you grow into the bioinformatics world and how the biotechnology. As much as you're looking for something that is biology and computer, then you got this biotechnology. And as much as it didn't look like it was helping you, I wish you could have gotten the bioinformatics. But now this biotechnology exactly. um, yeah. background is now helping you now. You know? It's just it's so weaved and nicely weaved in together. It's just amazing. There's something you mentioned about yeah. um that one year gap. Um what was making it difficult for you to get an opportunity in Saudi? Saudi? Uh, as now you have your degree. I tell and you, thank you very much for asking What was this happening? Actually. Um, that year, it kind of made me realize and open my eyes. First of all, 
in order to, to, to get an opportunity, you need networks, you need to network, you need to know someone who knows someone, you know. That's the ideal way of it uh, to work. People tend to not give others an opportunity or a chance, you know, unless they come from someone they know. Like, I know, you, you need someone decent, I understand, but don't use that to cast away people with good potential. Because um, I applied, if, actually it's not just Saudi, everywhere, including South Africa, where I received my tertiary education as well, um, bursaries, they said no, no, reject. And then the rejection is not based on um, scientific merit or marks, no, rejection is because you don't belong here. So all my life, I grew up feeling like I don't belong anywhere. Because um, even in Sudan, the country doesn't uh, appreciate science yet. It's a very de- it's developing still. So they're struggling even to secure uh, health infrastructure and food. So what is science, you know? <laughs> uh, let it be for a woman, you know, where they already believe that she belongs to her house, you know, her husband. So it's it, we way far, yes. So even if I go to them and say I would like a bursary, they would like, no, you're a woman, well, a woman, a woman. Actually, some of them said to me, go marry someone and that person will um, can take care of your fees. <laughs> can you believe that? So it's literally swimming against the current. If you're a woman, even, it's even worse. So I was saying the reason I didn't get it because I don't belong. I had the skills, I had the most, but I don't belong. Uh, if you read an application, for example, you must be a citizen of this. You meet all the criteria except being a citizen of that. And um, I, I was speaking to someone, um, and they were talking about uh, democracy, uh, democracy and science. Like, I know you want to build your scientist or from your country or help, but at the same time, give like opportunity. I don't want to name, um, um, yes, but I know these names, they give opportunities like, um, to people who do not even have the skills, you know, just because you belong. You're this citizen, let's give you. But at the very same time, don't forget about the others who met the criteria, if not even outperformed, and also give them that chance. So I don't know how to fix this, but we really need to sit down and find a way out of it. Because I re- I was really... I felt like I was mistreated uh, for my hard work and not uh, it was not paid off. And this is where the Organization for Women in Science came to my rescue, as if they knew the struggle that I was going through. They said, you're an African woman and you're from a developing country. We know what you're going through. <laughs> so, And even their funding, when I got here, no, but things happen for a reason. When I got here, that funding is... I would say it's like a five stars funding. Um, I lived very comfortably. I knew others who got the bursaries that I was rejected. <laughs> the allowance is minimal. Uh, the fees are not paid on time. They had problems, you know. Mine used to come on time as if it's like they made sure I don't struggle, you know. Fees, I was one of the first students who received their payment. Um, fees cleared in the beginning. So, uh, and from there, I started to believe in myself. Like, look, what I needed was just an opportunity. But uh, that whatever rejection I received, it does not reflect on my abilities or anything. It's just, you just need to be given, yeah.
Yeah. And to mention, uh, thanks for sharing um, that. that. The PhD actually, I didn't just uh, complete it. You know, I I managed to make publications out of my work, and I finished within the record time, the required time, not no delay. And um, I presented in international conferences. That, for example, when I, oh, it was an opportunity to for me to for the very first time to go to Europe, actually, um, <laughs> with, uh, to Germany for the ISC uh, supercomputing conference, such a huge event. Um, it gave me a good exposure. Like, I couldn't believe that I belong to these scientists. How could I even get there, you know? <laughs> Who was going to give me this opportunity, you know? Um, when I get there uh, and you look around, they were promoting diversity, as well there, um, there's the women in high-performance computing. Um, they were promoting, because in those conferences, it's male-dominated. Um, so women in tech or STEM or high-performance computing, they, they're not uh, well-represented. So um, they were doing a good job, actually. There. And that, that's how we thrive. We just connect and find the right people who just give you that opportunity to grow. Yeah. So, hmm. <laughs> so let's let's go to the highs and lows. Yeah. Okay, let's start with the lows. Let's start with the lows or the highs. Yeah. Okay. Um, the lows of what actually? Is, um... Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us. <laughs> So tell us, tell us, tell us about the laws that you've experienced, or the challenges, or whatever that was not so good for you, or you didn't uh, like it, either directly linked to your career or indirectly linked to your career that affected your your career in one way or another. Um, you mean like how my profession had some negatives in my personal life? Mm, okay. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yes. Well, right. Um, the load is sometimes it's hard to find balance. It's like if you do not do this well, if you do not overwork yourself, if you do not, it, like I reach a point where if I stay the weekend, like just stay relaxed in the weekend, I feel guilty. Like, no, you're supposed to be working. Yes, I've reached that point, especially with PhD. Um, if your supervisor constantly telling you you must do this, you must do that, the supervision is not just for academic work. It should be also on other levels, you know. But in any way, some of them, they just academically uh, supervise you. And they don't care if you sleep, you don't sleep, you eat, you don't eat, as long as you deliver, you see. Right, so I reached a point where I used to go to the office even weekends. And... But, as I said, I worked hard, I played hard. Like, sometimes if it's Saturday and I work till 5 o'clock, <laughs> I take a pair of clothes, I change there, and then I hit the club. <laughs> After, <laughs> like, if it's a Saturday and I'm invited to a party or a braai, an event, sometimes I really go Saturday and work hard, like, till 5 o'clock, and then I change there. Not, like, really... Pro- Exactly, and then from there, actually, from there I go out, Party. and then I'd be the whole day out, working and um, going out. 
So the problem is finding the balance and be fine with it, you know, not to beat yourself up or taking the ho- the weekends off, you know, like, um, so um, it's very hard to find the balance. And sometimes I admire women who have, um, like, children, yes, and they are also in science, and how is I, I exactly... Right? How do they and manage? Maybe, maybe when the kids are there, you, you have no other choice but to manage. <laughs> and maybe we don't need to think about it. It will happen naturally. But maybe because we have we don't have those, uh, we just tend to overwork. Because we don't have... There's nothing to stop you or tell you, no, mommy, I'm hungry now, you need to stop. You've been working for six hours, you know, seven, eight um, we don't have that reminder, so finding balance is important. And I'm I'm in this process because um, now here I'm in a big city. Um, uh, there's like na- nice mountains and hills. I started hiking actually. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it it cleared my mind. Uh, <laughs> it was beautiful. However, um, the person who introduced me, he's a heavy hiker, so he took us for almost 2.5 kilometers or three, and it was not just a straight way. We went through mountains up and down, up and down, cutting trees to make path. So he threw us deep, and the day after, I was in pain for two or three days. (laughs) However, it was a beautiful experience, so... In order to find that balance, maybe I should fill um, uh, myself with good habits, hiking, swimming, or running. Um, I also have funny habits that you might like, actually, uh, something I want to do. (laughs) Um, I always wanted to uh, model, um, but I've never, uh, uh, like, Mm -hmm like tried it out or looked for agencies and stuff, but I do want to do some modeling. And, uh, yeah, there is a side of me that is not nerdy or goofy because (laughs) I'm becoming, as I said, balanced. I'm becoming so goofy and nerdy, I'm forgetting myself. I uh, I love makeup. Uh, I love dancing, actually. Um, I was thinking of signing up for a dance class, so I can go every weekend and practice and do some dance, um, any kind of uh, dance. But uh, to be specific, I might say it, but you might think I'm crazy. <laughs> okay, right. Um, uh, the pole dancing. When you hold it to the pole, yeah. I'm quite flexible, and I feel like I could maximize on this. And not the the artistic part of it, not the one that you just do to 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 do in a like. It's not like I'm judging, but the artistic one, yeah. So I want to do that for sure, and I I I feel like I'll do well, right? I just need to find it, and there are not many of them those clubs, um, because yeah, if you, you they don't see it as a hobby, they see it, they see it as a way of living. You know, you have to practice this way so you can go and do this job and get paid for it but it's not as a hobby however like to work in a okay you were saying 
comment on that that uh, work is it balance i don't know i don't know how i'm in a place mm-hmm. where i'm not sure i want to call it work work life balance i don't know what to call it anymore but having that cuz you know um for me when i got my placement to do my masters uh, i was like it's something that i was looking for for a long mm-hmm. time and uh, especially in the in elri where I am right now and I was so excited and I didn't know about the the stipend that people were being given and I, I didn't think so much about it I just wanted the opportunity when I came to realize how much um for me I thought wow that's a lot of money for just being a student and <clears throat> I felt like oh I need to uh how would you call it I, I need to Uh-huh. Compensate for that. Like, I need to show yes. that I'm worth that money or I'm worth that time. Or then it, it, it came to where now you're knowing how much your project pays for you to be in the lab in one single day. And then it was like, I have limited time here. Um, my, my things sometimes don't work and Thank I you. need to, 
you know, maximize every single time. So I find myself, I'm, that made me even move closer to work. That made me, um, not easily go home. Like I'll, I'll just, maybe I was just going to do one thing in the lab. Then I'll find myself doing, I don't know, a hundred things in the lab. And it's, I find myself it's late. I've not eaten. I have forgotten yeah. that some people are supposed to eat. I have, I have nothing to go back home to because I live alone. What's, what's the fun of going Thank home? You. I mean, so let yeah. me just, cause you know, I love, I love, I love my work. I love science. And you know you you like ah oh, this is exciting and you just keep on going and keep on going. Yeah. then you get to a point when you get burnout and you don't even realize that you're getting a burnout because it becomes normal yeah. and you, so that made me um, try to find something that I because anyway I'm not dating I'm not uh, I don't have kids I'm not close to family like I'm I don't I'm not a person yeah. who constantly con- communicates yeah, to so people many I don't even communicate yeah. constantly. My best friend. So, <laughs> wow, it's nice to hear that. So, so you find yourself that you're not, you, you don't have anything that you're going home to. So you find myself staying mm-hmm. in the lab or staying in the office for a very long time, just focusing on what you're doing. And when you get mm-hmm. the burnout, you don't realize it. So I'm also in that space where you're saying you're also trying to find yourself and know what other things that people do. As much as my work environment, you find that there's a gym inside the place. Like mm-hmm. you can see people going to the gym, people going to swimming, people uh, going uh, to to mm-hmm. the bar inside the institution still. That is there. Like it's a thing. People going to take tea, people going... Like there are people who have actually hobbies and uh, you yeah. know clicks and they're actually having fun with their lives okay. but me i'm just just existing and you know the, for for me it's different because i had started hiking before i went to i started um, my placement and i didn't even have time to do that to, to hike anymore i yeah. find myself like i planned for a hike yeah. then i found myself in the lab Yes, exactly. I cancel like all the time. So this year, it's been different for me. Uh, I'm stri- I'm trying to repurpose. Like like this month, I have paid for a subscription. <laughs> okay, forced it. For a whole You're enforcing month. it, okay? <laughs> if I don't go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if I don't go, I feel the pain of losing the money. And also, I've planned that uh, this podcast also has come mm. in handy because I started it uh, last year, December. So it has it has really helped me find Other something else work. to go home mm. for or to go home to apart other than work. Also, oh. I paid for <laughs> Netflix <Okay. laughs> for the first time in my life just to just to feel the pinch of not watching. Um, mm-hmm movies because i've paid for it i like intentionally going home to find something to watch at least once every single day and i also recently went out for this there's, there's a lady who came to mm-hmm. south africa from our workplace for her phd and when they said that they were uh, later on after the fair after yeah. the fair okay. they were going to a club i don't club by the way no <laughs> oh they, they, they were going to a club, i was like oh. Take me wherever you guys are going. I didn't. I don't even know which club we went. We went to two clubs, and I cannot tell you the names. But I was just Thank existing. You. I was like, let me do. Let me just let go and do something that is out of, you know, me and my restrictions. And out of all your comfort things. zone. Just out of yeah. element and just find. 
Yes, and find something that you know is out of just How was disconnect it? for a while out of the sun so that when I come back I'm more de energized. <laughs> I don't just crazy. Yeah, of so course. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's just different. <laughs> it is different. You see? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, will I do yeah. it again? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. But before that, I was like, yeah. I would never. Because I hate noise, first of all. I hate noise. And I'm not a fan of, mm-hmm. you know, alcohol, alcoholic drinks. But, you know, just <laughs> being in that room, watching people doing their stuff, you you prefer that yeah. is not probably alcoholic, but just being in that happy... Exactly. They bring you that energy so that you're missing. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? I'm glad that you're also trying and finding yourself. Yeah. Because where you, you, you like to feel in control. That's why we tend to run to our work. This is where we feel safe, we feel in control. The moment you go socializing or doing something, you're no longer in control. And now you feel like, no, I don't like this. However, you'll find... Yeah, yeah. And then if you do not take risk, someone told me, you are bound to fail. You know? um, when I received my current post here, um, it's a wet lab, it's completely different, different city. I almost didn't want to come. I was scared um, because now I'm leaving my comfort zone. I'm no longer going to do the things I do. What is this madness, you know? And... I used to be very anxious, like, what, what am I going to do? Maybe I shouldn't just go, I should just disappear, you know? I was so scared. And then someone said to me, listen, if you do not take risk, you know, you're bound to fail. Do take risk. Um, do, like, you must feel that fear. Like, you can't be constantly on that dim, uh, low mode, you know? You must be excited. If it doesn't give you butterflies, that kind of feeling, if you don't experience it, you're not living. Uh, so I, I took the advice. I took risk. I packed. I, I left my flat. Goodbye to friends in two days or so. <laughs> and gone. <laughs> By the way, talking of, uh, you mentioned before we started this podcast, there were some birds that passed. The what? I don't know what you you named, named those birds. What were they? Oh, the Hadidas. The birds. Hadidas. The one that goes like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> what do you call him? <laughs> How do you call them? Uh, oh. Mwewe. Mwewe in Swahili. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's Hadida. The scientific name. Do you know them in English? Yeah, I think they, I had a Zwali. English. Uh, oh, I didn't know. She, I think she said Hadidas. She was so excited to see them. Hadidas! Hadidas! And I was like, I hate those birds. Yeah, Hadida. <laughs> so, and when I first arrived in South Africa and I heard it, I jumped out of bed. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I really thought there was a child screaming or a goat. When, someone, when they said it's a bird, I did not believe it. I was like, I need to see it, you know. I need to see it doing that thing so I can believe it's a bird. <laughs> Yeah, I did that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I love it, I love that um, nature, nature kind of mm-hmm. environment. And I remember yesterday when I was on a hike, 
was on a hike yesterday, a very simple one. Um, it was actually a repeat for me, but a different company. So I wanted really to go out. I don't repeat hikes, but I really wanted to go out and be in nature and mm-hmm. rejuvenize because I knew I would have a bad week without doing that. And just being in a social space uh, mm-hmm. because I'm not, I don't have that tendency. And meet other different people, have conversations. And I really loved yesterday's. And one thing that I, you know, they went around. It was an, they had an educational theme. Okay, it was actually a mm-hmm. love theme for this month I hear, but they had an educational theme for the hike. So uh, we, we just got somewhere because it was a short hike. We, we got somewhere and sat there and uh, in a circle and people started sharing the experiences while hiking, uh, what you should do. People talking about shoes, people talking about, I don't know, bras, wow. people talking about periods, people talking about um, capes, people talking about uh, what do you call this? Bladders, water bladders, um, all these things. People are talking about different things that they've learned. Others were beginners, and they were told to ha- they have to say something, even if it's their first day, like what they've learned. Even if it's a reputation, you just hearing that from someone who's just awesome. So when it came to me, I was one of the last people. I was actually the second last person who said. So you can imagine, we are like, I don't know, more than 40 people. And, you know, you have nothing left to say. And it was not like my first hike for me. So I had a lot to say. But when everybody had said everything, I I just said, and this is really something I really meant, um, that I love when I go on in the nature. My senses are up. I I, I look around and I appreciate what is just you know, the tiniest of things, the most beautiful things. I notice I, my eyes are so sensitive of everything and just loving that moment, just being in that moment and not thinking about anything else. My smells, my nose is so up. I, my sense, my sense. Hey, of smell, I can smell everything. I can smell the the smell of the trees. Like yesterday, mm. it was more of a tree. It's like forest bathing. So I, you you smell every single tree, how different it is because there are sections. It's more planted. There, there's a section for more planted trees uh, because it's near to a oh, wow. I don't know a research station for forestry. So there are different these different trees, and you go to this other section. The smell is a bit different. Then the the ears listening around you, you hear the birds. You hear the when someone is stepping on um the ground, and when you get to the oh. bamboo, there's this different sound. Oh my goodness! And people are like, and before that, before me, someone was talking <laughs> about bringing a speaker. Okay. Thankfully, there's no speaker that track. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> but when they said when I said that, people were like, "Oh, by the way, it's you know, yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's nice to be to mm-hmm. to leave the noise out and come in and be in a, in a clean." No, apartment. you actually you took me there. Sorry, for a moment, I was imagining that. I I can't wait actually to go for another hike actually. Uh, um, but you must make sure you go in <laughs> in a group. Though I like my own uh, space sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was telling actually a hiker yesterday and we had we said we shared yeah. so much about that. Like say, I wish yeah, I could yeah. do it alone, but you know, I have to be yeah, in a group. The, but going alone it's so nice yeah, because sometimes safety. you'll be thinking and spacing out and someone will be like, Hey <laughs> look at that <laughs> while you're having a moment. But in any way it's beautiful. 
It's beautiful and I've just realized it recently and I feel like I've been wasting my time uh, all this uh, time, but yeah. And the waters as well. Big fan of the beach, you know. Yeah. So, I've never been to one as yet. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm sure it smells nice, right? Oh my god. Waterfall sound and is the, the smell. Best. Because I heard some women, yeah, you get ever. addicted to the, the moist, uh, the sand, or, or the soil. 